Y'all can keep fellowship and keep, keep going. We just had rehearsal. <laughs> you got a minute. Anybody want to press a little further? Anybody want to press a little further? Somebody lift your voice into the Lord. Tell them, God, I want to press a little further. Press in your presence.
Oh, let us all say amen. Let us say amen again. You know, I can remember from the time when I was a little small kid, I would always hear people say, if you don't use it, you lose it. Talent is given to us from our Father above. So there's no better way to use it than for the Lord God. Let's give not just the mind fellows, but their leaders and our God a high praise because he is worthy to be praised. The Bible says, worship the Lord in dance. And I'm thankful that this church recognized that. I would ask now that if you would please stand. Lord God, we thank you for blessing us to be in church another day. For we understand and we realize that it could have been the other way. But because of your love, your mercy, and your compassion for us, you blessed us to be in church another time. Lord God, for that we say thank you. Lord God, we know that there are many who wish they could be in somebody's church this morning. Some are in the hospitals, some are in convalescent homes, some are in their private homes, and we ask that you will have mercy on them. Lord God, but for us and for every other church door that is open, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask that you will bless, that you will let hearts and let minds know that you are the only way, and that there is no other way to be saved and through your son, Jesus Christ. And today we lift Jesus and we ask that you will bless us, Lord, that others may see Jesus in us, that we won't just talk about it, but that we would be a, pra a, a praying church that would live the things that we talk about. Bless us now, Lord, as we go through this service and then bless us as we leave this place to continue worshiping you in spirit as well as in truth. Thank you now, and we ask that you will receive this prayer in the precious name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. And amen. I don't know about you, but I'm... I'm happy and glad to be in the house of the Lord. Isn't that right? We thank God for your presence this morning. And we thank God for just being so good. And I'm going to have to ask you if you would please stand again and let's do the responsive reading. All together. <laughs> May we read together? We love. That's pretty heavy. Let's, let's say it like we really mean it. Amen. And the response to the hymn this morning just undergirds that and it simply says, and I don't know about you, but I'm sure every hand will go up if I ask you to go ahead and say it. Oh, how I love Jesus. Let's sing together.
wonderful just to know that the Lord is on our side and we thank God for all of his many kind blessings. We're going to just share a few announcements with you at this time. We ask that you continue to pray for all of our sick and children members. I know that you know who they are and we may not call all names, but sure we won't, but we ask you just pray one for another. We ask you to continue to pray for our own brother Gross. He still need our prayers. Doing much better, I understand, but still need the prayers of the church. Also, we ask that you please um, uh, pray for the Harrington family. They are in need of prayers. And I understand, don't know this for sure, that Brother Luster lost a brother. And we ask you pay, uh, pray for the Luster family. Amen? I know there are some additional announcements from the media. Media, we're going to ask you please come. Good morning, K Chapel. Join us today during our 11 o'clock worship service for our annual Family Day celebration, celebrating the power of family and friends. Be sure to mark your calendars for Thursday, April the 25th at 6 p.m. for our church business meeting. All are welcome to attend. Youth for Christ Dance and Mind Ministry would love to see you at their upcoming Youth for Christ Performance Arts Ministry Youth Extravaganza. This event will take place on Sunday, April the 14th at 3 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Come out and enjoy dance and mind performances from local churches. We look forward to seeing you here at Cade on Sunday, April the 14th at 3 p.m. The Youth Council will sponsor an Easter egg hunt for children ages 5 through 12 after the 11 o'clock worship service on Sunday, April the 21st. Please be sure to bring your baskets and we'll see you on the church lawn. The Nate Ruffin 5K Walk and Run and Health Fair will take place on Saturday, April the 20th at Smith Park. The race begins at 7 a.m. with registration prior to that. Please see any member of the scholarship board to sign up. The Youth for Christ Performance Arts Ministry is asking for your help in support of an upcoming community service project. They are collecting foil, Ziploc cord, and gallon size bags, along with men's shower shoes to donate to local shelters. Just bring your items and place them in the market bin in the Old Fellowship Hall. They would greatly appreciate your support of this project, but you don't have to take my word for it. We need you to collect these items. Please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com. Or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. God bless you. This time we're going to just pause for a moment and just recognize our visitors. So listen. If you are not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Stand up, visitors, more and more and more. God bless you. God bless you. Please remain standing. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reverend Buckley, our pastor emeritus, all of the members of the K-Chapel family are just so happy that you chose to worship us up here today. If you're just visiting, please come anytime to schedule allow but if by chance you're looking for a church home before you leave today we're going to try to convince you you just found home and while you're standing we're going to give you something you're going to get here at KHF and Mission at Baptist Church
morning. God bless you. It's just wonderful to be in the house of the Lord, and we thank God again for his presence and putting up with us and blessing us anyway. Amen. This time now, we're going to start, stop and for a place in our service, and we all can make a contribution. We're going to ask you to prepare to give now as you have been so blessed, and listen, always remember two things. Number one, during this early morning service, we only do one offering, and secondly, you can't be God-given, amen? So we ask you to prepare now to give again as you have been so blessed, and this choir will give us some messages song once we get word from the pulpit. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. May God add a blessing to the reading of his righteous and holy word. Let's just cry.
in one spirit, your Heavenly Father, God. Lord, we cannot repay you for what you've, all that you've done for us, O Heavenly Father, God. But we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts you've given us. Now, Lord, we ask, O Lord, that you just bless, consecrate these gifts that we present to you this morning, O Lord. And we pray, O Lord, that you just bless the givers, O Lord, in your Son, Jesus' name. We ask it and pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask this choir if they would give us one final selection for the morning, and I know it will help us prepare to receive the message that's forthcoming, but we ask that you just pray for them in your own way, and they will come, and then we're going to ask that we prepare our minds, spirits, and hearts to be receptive of the message that's coming from the pulpit. Choir.
there was a time when I didn't know what that meant in my life. But as I get older, I understand what, why the simple words have such power. Oh, to be kept. Somebody in here knows what it means to be kept. Somebody in here knows what it means that God can make a way out of no way. Somebody in here knows we would be nothing. Nothing. Without God. It is amazing what God does and how God orchestrates things. Every time I stand behind this sacred desk, I wonder what God is going to do. And God never disappoints because God always shows up. We give an honor to God this morning who is the head of our life. We give an honor to Pastor Buckley and his family in their absence. But as you can see from this morning, he left someone with us to minister unto us and the teams of young men. I was sitting in the back watching and amazed what God is doing. Sometimes we take for granted to have a group of young men, young men dancing and giving glory to God. When we look on the news, we see a completely different story. So I don't know about you. God deserves all the glory for that. We thank the leaders in working with them, and we thank this church for allowing the ministry of God to be manifest in so many ways. We thank you for coming this morning. It's fam Family and Friends Day. Some of us decide to take a week off because it's Family and Friends Day, but we thank you for getting up so early. We know that there are folks working in the back, and we just thank God for an opportunity to be here once more and again. I want to introduce someone to you this morning. He's sitting beside the first lady of my life. It's Dr. Roland Thorpe. And I invited him this morning. We are colleagues. We've been working together for probably five or six years now. And I invited him because he's my brother. We don't have the same mother, but he's my brother. And he's someone who has, who I can depend on and who I've leaned on. And I want to thank God publicly for his presence in my life. So Dr. Thorpe, thank you for coming this morning. Thank you. 
And we always want to thank you, Kay Chapel, for being such an awesome presence in the lives of my family. You just don't know what you do for us. Sometimes we come barely making it because we have some battles we have to fight. But when we come here on Sunday morning and see your face, it is a blessing. So don't let anybody tell you that you're not a blessing to someone because you're a blessing to us. So we thank you this morning. So now we have all the formalities out of the way. We ask that you turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. We ask that you find the 11th chapter, and we're going to only read two verses this morning, and we're not going to be before you very long, so Pat, don't go anywhere, because <laughs> we're going to need your help this morning. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, verse 1 reads as follows. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by, the, by, for by it, the elders obtain a good report. It is from this text this morning that we offer up a subject for your consideration in God. We trust. In God, we trust. Faith is a common word in our language. Dictionary provide a number of definitions that con convey that faith is a belief or a trust in a person or something that is not necessarily based on fact or proof. You probably know this already given the creative and comprehensive sermons that have been released by our pastor, but the official model of, of the United States is a statement of faith. The model of the United States is, in God we trust. This, this model was established by law in 1956, and I think we have a slide for it, so I ask that you put it up now if, if you have it. And since we live in a world of alternative facts, I thought I should provide some evidence for you. So if you go back and you can Google motto and see in God we trust, you'll see the law is actually a joint resolution between Congress and the House of Representatives. There it is, right there. I'm not making this up. You can look it up yourself. I know that Congress is perceived differently now. However, many of us carry the evidence of this every day. If you will, some of you reach into your wallet or your purse and pull out a dollar bill. I know some of you got something. I know we just had offering, but I know some of you at least have a dollar. 
So if you look on the back of that dollar and you see that big one there, look right above it. It says, in God, we trust. I put a $100 bill on the screen because I don't roll like that. To let you know that this motto is on every piece of currency in the U.S. from the penny all the way up to a Benjamin. It says, in God we trust. It has been said that words have meaning, meaning, so what does it mean when an entire nation proclaims to trust or have faith in God and its president seems to be allergic to the truth? What does it say when we live in a state in the so-called Bible Belt that is led by a governor who cannot give credit where credit is due and has the unmitigated goal to demonize the very one that he slighted, ignored, and just downright offended? Godly principles are in short supply these days. And we often retreat from the recognition that we are all of God's people. The ever-growing inequalities between social class, racial, and ethnic groups are creating a crisis of faith for many as they withdraw from their communities and they leave institutions like the church. Social and economic safety nets are being cut for people who have retired from a life of work, as well as those who have challenges that prevent them from finding jobs. Reductions in public programs like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid are proposed to pay for tax breaks given to those who have more money than they, their children, or their children's children could ever spend. In times like these, churches have to come off the sidelines to speak truth to power and witness to the world that God is still worthy of our trust. As believers in this generation, we have an awesome challenge before us that requires us to be solid in our own beliefs. Our scripture for the moment this morning reminds some and teaches others about what it means to deeply believe in God and the vastness, vitality, and victory that comes with it. Our text for this morning contains one of the most recited verses in Christianity. As Hebrews 11.1 1 has been used to define faith for the believer. The words are elegant and majestic, and they sound good. But we have to remember that our Bibles contain words that were translated from ancient documents written for an ancient people. So it's our job to find the godly principles that extend beyond place or time. In other words, we have to dig a little bit to unearth the godly principles that have meaning for how we are to live as God's creation or contribute to God's community. The text for this morning is part of a letter delivered to a community of Christians in crisis. 
The writer does not provide specific details about the problem at hand. However, there are some clues. First, the letter making up the book of Hebrews was not just written to anybody. Biblical scholars are quick to point out that the recipients of this letter were not casual Christians. Because the discussion in this letter was simply too deep for them. The Hebrews in this letter were second generation believers who had been baptized and fully instructed in the words and ways of God. We call folks like this today as seasoned saints because they had a firm grasp of the Holy Scriptures and understood how God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit were significant in their lives. They witnessed God make a way out of no way. They knew that they lived off of God's provision, and they recognized that God's protection kept them safe from seen and unseen dangers. So the question before us this morning is how would a people like this lose their way? How did they go from being secure with God to feeling insecure and all alone? How did they go from the light and warmth of God's presence to the coldness and darkness of a cruel world? The short answer is that they took their relationship with God for granted. They became lax in their spiritual practices, which means that they did not talk to God or study God's word the way they used to. Other life concerns became more important, and they did not come together to worship God like they once had. Like any other relationship that is ignored or taken for granted, they lost their connection to. They lost their connection with God. In short, they were turning their backs on God. The writer heard about this situation and was inspired to write a forceful message to, to urge them to consider their circumstances and to do the work required to reestablish their fellowship with God before it was too late. Faith was a central part of the restoration of the relationship between God and God's people. And our text today makes it clear that belief or trust in God is a cornerstone of a godly life. So as we contemplate the words of Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, let us consider the first point for the morning. Faith is our foundation. <clears throat> the first verse of Hebrews 1 is a literary masterpiece. It's a masterpiece because it conveys multiple spiritual principles with only a few words. The first phrase in verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, is poetic. We like saying that. When we get asked for a definition of faith, we say faith is the substance of things hoped for. However, it is profanely powerful because the writer establishes that faith is an essential or vital part of a godly life. The word substance in the verse is translated from a Greek word defined as substructure or foundation. 
This means that a believer's hopes and aspirations rest upon her or his faith. What we dream about. What we want to be. Who we want to be. Rest on our faith. Consider this. The most substantial part of any building is something that you can't see. That's its foundation. Anyone in construction knows that the strength of a building lies in its foundation because the primary purpose of a foundation is to hold the structure above it together. If the foundation is solid, the house will stand regardless what comes. The winds will blow, can blow, the house will stand. The rains can beat down, the house will stand. In the north, the snow can come, and the house will stand. If the foundation is solid, the house will stand through the coldest nights and the hottest days. So if all of our hopes and aspirations rest on our trust or belief in God, we might want to inspect our foundation to see if it has the right material. When our faith, when faith is our foundation, we spend time with God in prayer and meditation. When faith is our foundation, we study God's word regularly. When faith is our foundation, we no longer lean on our own understanding. When faith is our foundation, we acknowledge God in all of our ways. When faith is our foundation, we allow God to direct our paths. When faith is our foundation, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. When faith is our foundation, Christ is the solid rock on which we stand. Because we know all other ground is sinking sand. Yes, faith is a critical part in the life of the believer. Because it's an essential component of the solid foundation upon which we establish and maintain relationship with God. However, this is only one aspect of faith. The second phrase of verse 1 is the evidence of things not seen. Now this phrase is preceded by a comma for all you grammar scholars out there, which is a literary convention that is used to connect it, the phrase, with the subject and verb of the sentence. That is, the writer of Hebrews is stating that faith is the substance of, substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This second dimension of faith highlighted in our text brings us to the second point for this morning. Faith is our God. Faith is our God. Like the one before, the closing phrase in this verse is one of poetry. But it challenges us. It challenges us because it challenges what we know as human beings. We understand evidence to be something that can be observed with our natural senses. 
Our confidence in a statement or claim is often predicated on, on the available proof. Seeing is believing to us. Or sometimes, you know, when some of us say something, the response is, I'll believe it when I see it. The writer flips the script on this secular understanding with the notion that faith is evidence or proof of the invisible. I wrestled with this idea. It took me a long time, a long time, to meditate on this. Like, what, what, what does that mean? And the reason I had trouble, because I was looking at it with a secular mind. Then God told me, look at it from the spiritual realm. And then things became clearer. Let us be reminded that non-believers rely on themselves in their senses, while believers rely on God. You see, believing is seeing for Christians because faith illuminates the invisible. In other words, faith operates like a set of lenses that help us to see God in every day. These new lenses are so clear that we become more and more aware of God in our lives. It becomes clear that there's no such thing as faith, luck, a coincidence. It's simply God. Through faith, it becomes clear that God is the bridge over troubled waters. Through faith, we see that it's God that provides light in, a, in dark times in our lives. Through faith, we can see that God restores our soul. Through faith, we see that God leads us along the paths of righteousness. And when faith is our God, we can walk through the valley in the shadow of death. When faith is our God, we can have peace during times of chaos. When faith is our God, we don't have to worry because God is with us. And when God is with us, God is for us. And when God is for us, who can be against us? Our text for the morning presents a powerful lesson about the meaning of faith. Faith is the foundation of our relationship with God, and faith is a God that brings us closer to God. I believe that trusting God can change our lives. Come on up, Pastor. I'm almost done. <laughs> Couldn't give you the nod. I believe that faith in our almighty Father can make our family life better. I believe that trust in God can transform our communities and the world around us. Why? Because faith works. Which is our third point for the morning. Faith works. You don't have to take my word for it. Look at verse 2. It says, for by it, the elders obtain a good report. In other words, faith puts us in a place to be approved by God. 
The writer is asking Christians back then and today to look at how God rewards the faithful. When you get home, you can read the rest of the 11th chapter and you will find a few names listed in the Faith Hall of Fame. In fact, the scriptures are littered with individuals whose faith was rewarded by God. Let us understand that none of them were perfect as each of them had their faults. Every one of them made mistakes and they all faced trials and tribulations. However, they stood tall during tough times because they put their trust in God. And when they put their trust in God, they found out that faith works without a shadow of a doubt. You see, it was faith that brought Noah through the flood in an ark. It was faith that made Abraham father of a nation. It was faith that allowed Moses and his people to walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. It was faith that allowed Joshua to lead a generation into the promised land. It was faith that gave David a victory over Goliath. It was faith that kept Daniel safe in the lion's den. It was faith that kept the three Hebrew boys cool in a fiery furnace. I know that it's easy to look back and say that was then and this is now, but I'm standing here to tell you, tell you this morning that faith still works. <clears throat> it was faith that allowed our ancestors to endure the horrors of slavery. It was faith that brought us through the brutality of Jim Crow. It was faith that allowed this church to be a sanctuary of hope, security, and strategy in the fight for civil rights and human rights. It is faith that keeps our doors open when so many have been closed. It is with faith there is no problem that God cannot solve. With faith there is no mountain God cannot move. With faith there is no sorrow that God cannot soothe. With faith we are more than conquerors. With faith we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because God allowed his son to die on a cross for you and me. Faith. 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 Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Through faith, a whole world can change. Through faith, Burden addition can be revitalized. Through faith, our streets can become safe again. Through faith, we can transform this entire city to be a city that gives hope, a city of justice, a city that can be a beacon for others to follow through faith. But faith begins with a confession. None of us were born perfect. All of us have our issues. We may look good on the outside, 
but torn up on the inside. The scriptures make it clear that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, we will be saved. That is all that is required for salvation. So we've come to the time in our service where we open up the doors of the church. For those who may not know God as a partner of sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. There may be one amongst us this morning that has a urging in their heart. There may be one this morning who knows that the path that they're going is a path of destruction. But they're not sure what to do. Now is the time that you can have a new beginning. All you have to do is walk down the aisle. And if you are afraid, just let your neighbor know. I'm sure they will walk with you. And don't worry, you don't have to take that many steps because you have ministers and deacons here to greet you. This church family is waiting for you. God is waiting to bless you. The doors of the church are open. Will you come? someone who established a relationship with God but decided that they've inspected their foundation and see that they need a tune-up. There's room for you at the altar this morning. Will you come?
for prayer this morning. Yes. So I'm going to ask that you take the hand of the person sitting next to you. And let us all pray together. Father God, we come now thanking you for the blessing of this day. We come thanking you for this time that we're allowed to spend together. This time where we're allowed to come before you with our concerns. Master, we're with your children now. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would just touch their lives now. Father, where healing is needed, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would heal. Where comfort is needed, comfort, Lord. And Father, where understanding is needed, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would give them the understanding necessary. Father, for they come to you now, Lord, with outreach hands. Bless them now, Lord. Put your loving arms around them and protect them as they go on life's journey. Bless them now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. and minds are clear. We ask that you stand. Precious Lord, that we come now thanking you for blessing us with your spirit this morning. Now, dear God, we ask that you cover us. Allow the word that you have released on us to penetrate deep in our hearts and make us different from when we came in. Dear God, help us to be more loving and be more open. Help us to grow our faith, dear God. And now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. Let every heart in the building say amen, amen, amen. and amen.